0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Inside the Mind of Champions. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are, whether you're in the car, on a dog walk or simply bored, scrolling through social media and you've jumped on this link. You're very welcome. I'm just back from a family holiday in the sun and I'm feeling refreshed and raring to support our corporate clients with all those tough topical issues like leading change, building resilience or maintaining that culture and motivation in this new hybrid world. This is our micro-lesson episode format where we aim to dive inside the mind of a champion and give you something thought-provoking to apply to your own career or team. And talking of champions, did you see the women's football at the weekend with England beating Germany in the European Cup final? It was truly stunning. The girls played brilliantly and I'm sure their celebrations will last for a very long time and rightly so. This could be a transformational time for women's sport for the youngsters watching the game and for those newly crowned champions who've now got the role of converting all this energy and adulation into participation and engagement at grassroots level. But I'm sure they deserve a celebration first. I did post a quick comment on LinkedIn just to congratulate the girls and a few people have asked me about the leadership that's sitting behind the team and of course the New England coach Serena Vaigman I'd love to find out a little bit more. And I'm I'm not alone in wanting to meet an interviewer and to pick her brains, but I'm sure we'll need to let the champagne dry and also all the main media to get their live interviews all around the world. So we'll be patient, but hopefully we'll get that opportunity to meet Serena and to hear her leadership style, which seems to be so impressive. What I do know is that she became the first ever coach to win the Women's European Championship with two different countries, Firstly with Holland in 2017 and now with England in 2022. I read an interesting article on the BBC where her Dutch international teammates knew as a crafty and feisty midfielder when she played, balancing focus and fun. She also had a career as a PE teacher, so that foundation of imparting knowledge and helping other people to reach their potential was there even before she became a coach herself. From the reports, it seems like she's got an intense focus on strategy and success, but also a genuine warmth and understanding of people. Those two elements don't always sit together in the same leader. Baroness Sue Campbell, who's the director of women's football at the FA, recruited her and said she's never seen anyone with the ability to build a strong collective culture like Serena, which is saying something because Sue's pretty impressive herself. One TV angle, I think, was fantastic after the final whistle. It said so much about the culture that she's created. And it was one of the squad members that hasn't played yet in the tournament, running up to her and hugging her with just jubilation in her eyes. There was no bitterness or resentment that she wasn't involved herself. It was just a completely selfless act to celebrate what the team had achieved. And of course, in all these great teams, the bench players, the backroom staff and all the support staff, should get the credit because it's an absolutely a team effort and that engine that's needed to deliver success, not just the people who score the goals in those closing moments. So their leadership culture seems to have nailed that holy grail of high performance, that balance between the drive and, and sharp accountability needed for excellence and the warmth and care needed to make every player and staff member feel as if they're safe and connected to each other. If you're a Sporting Edge member or a regular listener to the show, then you'll know that we've featured Sue Campbell's leadership thinking before. I'll make sure there's a link to her Mastermind episode in the show notes. But it feels like a great time to revisit the answer that Sue gave when I asked her about what it takes to create a high-performance culture.
1: I guess there are two words that that come to mind, really, whether you... You're in a boardroom or, or you're coaching an individual athlete and the two words are support and challenge. You know, you, your job as a coach is to be the place that you go to when things aren't very good or you've had a go at something that hasn't worked very well. It's a safe place to go. It's a place to go where you feel supported, valued um, and where you know you can have some good reflection and and thought about what happens. But it's also a place where you know you're gonna get challenged. It's not always a comfortable place. Um, and, And I think as a coach, you have to find that very fine balance between being the support, but being willing to provide that challenge about behavior, about performance, about what went wrong. And the way you manage all that comes back to your ability to communicate. So as a coach, you've got to be a really sensitive communicator. And you've got to know when to take a strong position and be clear. And you've got to know when to step back and be supportive. But to me, coaches are, by their nature, good communicators. They're, they're very supportive individuals. But they're also people that are challenging you to be the best that you can be.
0: So none of us can reach our potential without some support and challenge of those people around us. And there's thousands of leadership theories about, you know, what's best. But these two principles of support and challenge are a great start. So in terms of the challenge, we need to be set these stretch goals and high expectations. And we also need to know that we've got to be better this year than we were last year. That continual improvement is just an expectation that's welded into the high performing cultures so we need to also have that courage to bring clarity to the individuals of our teams of what's expected and have some clear accountabilities and maybe even some consequences of when people fall short and also we need to have that culture where all of the team members are able to respectfully challenge each other not make it very personal and all falling out But use that common goal and that shared purpose to make sure that we all keep up to the standards that are expected. And if people fall short of it, then it's not just the leader that calls people out. It's the teammates and the senior leaders in that team that are doing the work as well. But it's not enough to have just challenge. I mean, there's enough challenge in the sports arena at the moment with social media and scrutiny and the forensic examination that our opponents give us. And also in the workplace, there's turbulence and change. So if we just dial up challenge alone, it's going to create conflict and burnout. So we need to balance it with this high level of human empathy and support. So do we care for each of the individuals in our team as a human, not just as a performer for what they deliver? They've got families, they've got frustrations, they've got responsibilities and sensitivities off the pitch, if you like, that need consideration And we need to provide a tailored support package for them, for them to be able to be their best. And can we create this team culture where people feel safe to share their views without being mocked or ridiculed, where they can feel like they belong and they enjoy the social interactions with our team? I think that's a part of the hybrid or virtual working that we've really got to be intentional about. We're actually writing a white paper on that at the moment that I hope gives you some fresh insights. And if our work is making a difference, then we need to make sure that we are talking about this purpose because we're all working so hard. We don't want to feel like we're just hamsters running around the wheel. We want to feel like we're making a difference to our teammates, our business, our clients, our customers, whatever it might be. And when the leader connects all of our discretional effort and sacrifice, you know, whether it's tracking back on the football pitch to win the ball back or whether it's going that extra mile in customer service, then it goes beyond just the mechanics of working nine to five and and hitting those targets. And we all feel like our contribution is worth something in the end. So when leaders balance this mechanical and rational and transparent form of, of challenge with this emotional care and support for their teams, then it can be truly transformational. Now, both Sue and Serena have given that balance of support and challenge to the England lionesses and they gave them the best chance of success. And thankfully the players took it and now they're the champions. So now they've got the chance to turn that piece of silverware and a brilliant story into an inspirational legacy, which will inspire thousands of young girls and boys to chase their dreams and their careers across sport and in business. They've also given their male peers a chance to match them in the World Cup coming up soon. If you want to inspire your business with the winning mindset, whether it's an event, a keynote speech, or a facilitated workshop, or you'd like our digital toolkit with all these hundreds of insights to use in your own meetings, then please do get in touch via hello at sportingedge.com and there's loads more information on our website sportingedge.com so we'd love to hear from you so please do get in touch and also you can connect with me on LinkedIn and we can keep that conversation going so I hope you've enjoyed today's episode thanks so much for everyone that's sharing the show and I wish you great success until we speak again